0: Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida.
1: Good day and welcome to Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. I'd like to welcome our sweetest guest yet, Jarrett Levan. Jarrett is the president of BBX Capital Corporation and he has served on its board of directors and that of its former bank subsidiary Bank Atlantic since 1999. BBX Capital has several portfolio companies including Hoffman's Chocolates, one of our J.A. BizTown storefronts of course, he is also the board on the board of Blue Green Vacations, another tremendous partner of Junior Achievement of South Florida's, and we look forward to Jarrett sharing his recipe for success.
0: Welcome. Thank you, Laura. How are
1: you? It is so I, good to I'm see doing you. I'm
0: great. I know it's twice good. in
1: what one month.
0: Yes. We get to it's be together. Good to be here.
1: I love it, and I just want you to notice that Jarrett brought the breakfast of champions this morning. We have a little what we call uh, Hoffman's. Or what, can I say that Hoffman's crack? candy. Uh, <laughs> probably should cut that. Uh, we have the Breakfast of Champions uh, this morning that you were so sweet to bring and we really appreciate that. Um, but for now, so I really want to start with, you know, everybody in the community knows Cheryl Levan. Right? You are so well known within the community for for many, many things. Your leadership uh, within your organization. Uh, your leadership within this community as a father, as a husband, as a son. No, I'm, 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 I know we're kidding, but I'm really being very serious about that, and I think those are all the things that we all know about you and admire about you. But I would love if you could start off with one thing that maybe so those of us in the community don't know about you.
0: One thing. Um, so I, I would say... That my greatest achievement wasn't graduating law school um, it wasn't marrying my wife which was a tremendous achievement which i'm very proud of and very lucky for um, it isn't um, the businesses that we've run my greatest achievement to this date and my hardest was climbing mount kilimanjaro Ooh. when i was 25 years old uh, and it was it was my greatest achievement because mentally and emotionally it was the hardest thing i've ever done i sat for the florida bar and I left the next day, wow. and, um, and it was five and a half days of, um, of endurance, of mental challenge, and I tell people that sitting, uh, that, that um, planning three years of law school and three months of studying for the bar and leaving the next day, that climbing that mountain was harder than those, than those three years.
1: Wow. So I did not know you had done I knew, that. I
0: knew you would not I know that. I did
1: not know that. And I'll bet you most of the, our audience out there did not know that. So boy, that opens up a whole nother it's a, conversation, it's right? Highest, it's
0: 19,500 feet. Wow. It's the highest mountain in Africa. And it was a memorable, incredible experience.
1: So you were preparing for the bar as well as preparing for this climb, because I'm assuming you did some prep for the climb.
0: I did. I. Um, it, it's not really a climb as much as is a hike, but the hardest part is as you get higher up, clearly you know, higher altitude, less oxygen. Um, we got to the top. One of, one of the things that, was, that I regret is we got to the top of the mountain, and you, you, you climb up or you hike up with 30, 40, 50 people. You sleep in camps each night. Um, we all have what, what are called Sherpas who carry the food and carry the, the bags. And you get to the top, and we got to the top with, with the group, people coming at different times, and people are planting their flags. Uh, their um, their Spanish flag, their Canadian flag, their French flag, and we had nothing. And it, it actually demonstrated to me then how important pride is for your country, how important patriotism is. And I actually regret that we didn't have anything to plant um, when we got to the top of the mountain.
1: Wow. That's interesting. So did you take that, that lesson of, right, of, of making sure that we include pride of our country, of our family, of our community into your career after that? Because right? you were 25 at that time and just starting out.
0: I, I don't think I took the lesson. There are two, things, two lessons or two things that I keep with me from that day. One is the butterscotch moment. Okay. And the,
1: uh, and the sec- why am I not surprised of all that it has the name of a candy? Okay. And, and, but. The, and the
0: second um, was the challenge of being able to do something that, you know, I, I was not athletic at the time. I'd never run a marathon. I'd never climbed a mountain. Um, I'd never, um, and so it was the ability to do something that, that physically and emotionally challenged me. And, um, and, and I have a, a good friend who, who you know who came on the trip with me And he pushed me. Um, I was about to give up. And he pushed me um, in the last five or six hours. He says, we're almost there. We can do this. And I give him a lot of credit for that. Uh, The butterscotch moment is, so how long does it take to enjoy a butterscotch? Two minutes?
1: Yeah, maybe. Two to three minutes. So the
0: butterscotch moment is to stop for a moment, stick a butterscotch in your mouth, and just savor that moment.
1: Oh, I like that.
0: Whatever that moment is, uh, just to stop, smell the roses, um, look around, appreciate life, enjoy that butterscotch. And um, at my wedding, my brother handed out butterscotch to everybody who was in attendance, oh, just, to savour, just to savor that, that, that moment.
1: Savor the moment. You know, um, and I think today in our world with technology and social media and all of those things, it is so hard to be in the moment. There's so many distractions Terribly, going terribly on, hard, right? Right? It's so many distractions. How do you deal with that? Well, first of all, my phone zone. is
0: sitting about 10 feet from us right now. And so you're and, freaking out? And there's probably emails and text <laughs> messages coming in. So yes, I'm freaking out. Um, I'm not very good at it. Right. Um, I, uh, you know, there's no such thing as a vacation. With, with our cell phones, um, and, and um, you know I don't bring the butterscotch with me, but I do try to savor those moments with my family, uh, at work. We, we, we are very good at celebrating um, in our businesses, um, and so the technology gets in the way at times, mm-hmm. but it is so important to stop and, and celebrate. celebrate, and that's one of our themes at Hoffman's Chocolates, to celebrate, it's so important to celebrate, and it's no different than the butterscotch moment that we, um, you know, that we created 20, 20 years ago. It's the same, It's whether it's celebrating, smelling, savoring, it's all the same. Yeah. And, and love yeah, it. as as hard as we work as students, as parents, as executives, you have to take that time. Yeah,
1: yeah and I think, but it, you're right, it is getting harder and harder to do that. So hard. So let's start out for a moment because yours, as as young as you are, um, I think we're only a year or two apart. Right. Um, but as, So as young as you are, but you started out pretty young, and I, that may not be something. I know I've had the privilege of hearing that when we met before, but I'm not sure that everyone knows how early your career as an entrepreneur, particularly in the sweets or the candy business, started. Tell us about your first experience as an entrepreneur.
0: So um, I probably started earlier as an entrepreneur, entrepreneur selling bagels. I cannot remember which came first. But in sixth grade, I had a candy business. In school, I would go to the Five and Dime. That was pre-Costco. <laughs> and I would buy Blow Pops and lemon heads and Airheads and all the candy for five cents a piece. And then I would go to school and in a brown bag I had the candy and I'd sell them for 25 cents a piece. Um, principal called me into his office. I was at a private school. And not only did he tell me I couldn't sell the candy, but he took the candy. He confiscated all the candy. Oh
1: my goodness.
0: So I went home that night and told my parents that I want to switch schools. <laughs> and That's one way to deal and with it. And in seventh grade I switched <laughs> schools and I started the business all over again. Oh, that so, <laughs> so that was the beginning of my, my uh, candy uh, business.
1: So what from that earliest career, so right, there's a lesson in there, there's an ingredient in there somewhere, right? You, it sounds to me a little bit like determination uh, was involved there, right? You were determined that you were gonna have your candy business, even if it meant switching schools.
0: So um, there's a great quote, which I'm not gonna be able to recite, by Calvin Coolidge uh, called Persistence, which um, my father gave me, uh, gave to, to each of us growing up, that I have the same quote that he gave me as a child Sitting in my office on Las Palmas, and it basically says that nothing can take the place of persistence. Brains cannot, um, uh, creativity cannot, good looks cannot. Persistence um, is omnipotent.
1: Yeah, I, I, I happen to agree with you, Dad. I know, I know, so. you, I know you do. <laughs> Which I is have, why I'm sitting here. I've today. been called <laughs> relentless at times, maybe not persistent, but relentless. Because when when we're passionate about something, right, we just we know that that's what we have. We have to make it happen. And so, um, let's talk a little bit about passion, right, and being um, relentless or persistent. Um, did you? Is that something you developed? Is it something early on, like from this first experience that you knew? That your passion was going to be to be somehow in the candy business, um, was it that strong, or was it just something that came along as you went?
0: So I've always been very creative. Um, I have a good balance of right brain and left brain, uh, and so I'm passionate about creativity, um, new ideas. Um, you know, some people call it the shiny penny. Uh, I uh, um, and growing up my parents were involved in the arts uh, as art supporters. We always had uh, uh, people at our house discussing the arts. We always had um, opening parties at our house growing up and that's where I I probably got my passion for supporting the arts. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was uh, probably instilled in me at an early age, um, whether it was uh, the arts, creativity, volunteerism, servant leadership, helping others. Um, but the you know, thing about the candy business, which is one of our businesses at BBS Capital, is it's, it's a growing industry. It's a $34 billion industry that's growing. Um, so there's room for a lot of players. But it's fun.
1: It's it creative.
0: Fun. Every And it's day. delicious. It's, well, it's <laughs> delicious. It, it's delicious. You know, we have great products at Hoffman's, but we're creating new products every day. One of our other brands is sugar. Um, which has stores across the U.S., it's, it's a collection of creative ideas. Right. Whether they're our ideas or the candy manufacturer's ideas, it's a collection of ideas which, you know, it makes every day unique. It makes every day fun. You know, you start fresh every day thinking about, you know, w- what can we create today? What can we bring to our customers today? And we have staples. I mean, our, our pretzels at Hoffman's is the number one selling product. Has been for probably 40 years. But we're creating every day new products, new ideas, new recipes.
1: I always, you know, people sometimes describe me as someone who is not status quo. It sounds like that might be um, something that you can relate to. But it sounds like that's an ingredient, right? That that's been something that you've applied to everything you've done, right? Bringing that freshness, that new idea. Is, is that, would you say that's one of your ingredients to the success of these, these types of amazing companies?
0: First of all, you have to innovate. You, you have to innovate um, any business. And anybody that thinks that their business doesn't require innovation is wrong. And in five years, they will be gone. And we're, we're in the Hazanga kitchen. Mm-hmm. And Wayne Hazanga knew, before the world knew, that Blockbuster was, uh, was in trouble. Or that he had, it had reached its peak, And there's a great Harvard Business Review article and case on Blockbuster Netflix. And I would say that Wayne was an innovator and a visionary because he sold the business at the right time and the people behind him that he sold it to didn't didn't evolve, didn't innovate. And I, I believe in a business, whether it's the timeshare business which we're in, the candy business which we're in, the real estate business which we're in, when we were in the banking business, um, you have to innovate. It's a, it's a requirement.
1: Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, it's interesting because you, when you look at Blockbuster and Netflix, right, Netflix was able to uh, turn their company into something different, right? Then they start out in the same way with the videos, mailing they, you the videos? And now they're producing shows, right? So they did innovate
0: they did. compared
1: um, to one who didn't.
0: Yes, they did. And the executives of Blockbuster said, and this is after Wayne sold the company, the executives of Blockbuster said, who wants to get a red envelope in the mail? Okay. Our, our customers want to come, get off their couch, and come to our store and shuffle through the new releases to look for a movie. And Netflix says, no, they don't want to do that. And they basically put Blockbuster out of business. Yeah. And in our business businesses, you know, we can't let that happen. And so we're constantly looking around the corner. We're constantly thinking about what's coming next. And we're innovating, again, whether it's product or strategy or concept or real estate, we're, um, it, is a, it is a key ingredient uh, for our success.
1: Yeah, oh, so speaking of innovation, um, we have a lot of creations here on the table um, that I wanna point out. Of course, Jared's going to leave all of them and I'm gonna hide them under my desk and we're gonna eat them little by little, sounds, but sounds um, we are gonna have some of that open candy after, but um, so new product lines and you, you talked about that. Are you the idea man or have you surrounded yourself with people who uh, bring those ideas to the table or you know, how, do you, how do you incorporate other people into what you're doing?
0: So I am an idea man. I'm not the only one. Uh, we have a lot of people on in our organizations that come up with new ideas. And obviously we can't execute every new idea um, and there's a one of our executives that keeps a box under her desk of all of my ideas, and she leaves them there. Hopefully once in a while she goes through them, but, but we, uh, um, we love brainstorming, we love innovation, we love R&D, and it's not just coming from me, it's coming from lots of people um, around our companies.
1: Yeah, I love that. Um- but you—you you are, as, as you talked about, that shiny penny. or that person, right, who's who's always looking at the next thing, right. um, and creating, you know, those new ideas and so forth. I, I know for me, it's it's sometimes if I had all of me around me, it would be really scary, right? So how do you balance, right, who you are and your strengths, with the things that you're not? How do you bring that to the table?
0: So I surround myself with people that can tell me no, and ah, they do tell me no. Like it's, not, that. it's not a good idea. We don't have the time for that. It costs too much money. Customers won't want it. No, we're not doing that.
1: So they have to be authentic. They have to be Absolutely. able to trust you enough to say. Absolutely. You know that's a terrible idea. By the way, they tell me that too sometimes. Good. So. Um,
0: Sounds like we have the same recipe for success. I think we are pretty <laughs> similar.
1: Yes, I think that's why I, I absolutely adore you and your family. Um, and so, one of your new ideas—I want to talk about something innovative that you're doing. Um, you've mentioned it to me a couple of times in the past. This amazingly large and innovative new um, model, right, for candy stores. So. This is way more than a store. Tell us a little bit about that project.
0: So um, It's Sugar has 100 locations across the US. Um, our typical store is two to 3,000 square feet. We have a couple that are four to 5,000. We opened a 6,000 square foot store on the Las Vegas Strip back in May. Um, our next project is a 23,000 square foot candy department store in a project called American Dream New Jersey. It is a 3.1 million square foot retail entertainment center. 55% of 3.1 million is um, entertainment, indoor roller coasters, indoor water park, indoor ski slope, indoor putt-putt aquarium and, and more. And then the other 45% is retail. Wow. Um, we are um, featuring this um, candy department store and you, know, you, you can go to M&Ms in Times Square or Hershey's in Times Square or others. It's the first time you're going to be able to go to a candy department store where all the brands are represented. Uh, It's going to be definitely uh, game-changing for our company. As the department store is going away, we're bringing back a candy department store.
1: An old concept, but with a
0: twist. With a twist. Right?
1: Like a Twizzler twist kind of thing.
0: Sorry, that was a bad joke. You can uh, can get many flavors of Twizzler in this this candy (laughs) department store.
1: So for you to bring all those brands to this project... Um, I would imagine took some doing and some relationship building. Talk about how, you, how that plays into your success and the company's success, because I, I would imagine
0: it does. So I, I can tell you that I take very little credit for that idea and for the execution of that store. Um, the CEO and founder of It Sugar is a 25 year veteran in the candy industry. He is a member of the Candy Hall of Fame
1: Wow, this can be uh, Hall of Fame.
0: Yes. Uh, his name is this is, something you aspire to? No, I I, I think uh, well I'm in the i I'm in the junior achievement hall of fame. I know.
1: Well, so I not like, get any better I feel than like that, one, right? one Hall of
0: Fame is <laughs> sufficient. But he, he is very well connected in the industry. He's got great contacts at at you know, Oreo and Sour Patch Kids and Swedish Fish and Wrigley's and Mars and Hershey. Uh, these are all relationships that he has and um he all, he brought the industry brought together it. for for this idea, and um, there's more to come from its sugar, in terms yeah. of its, um, you know, I, I don't I don't think we go from 23 to 30,000, but there's there's more ideas that are coming, uh, with its sugar mm-hmm. and some of its uh, its opportunities inside the industry.
1: Wow, it's exciting! You're changing the industry for sure, we are uh, not just we, its sugar.
0: So the developer of this mall is changing the concept of mall, right? And in fact. Um, they are bringing American Dream Miami.
1: I was gonna ask you if they were gonna do it anywhere else. It's,
0: uh, it's, it's a six million square foot wow. mall um, in Northern Hialeah, which has been approved by the Miami City Commission. And so It's Sugar will also be featured in that project, but it's gonna be, that's gonna be incredible for uh, Dade and Broward counties, because it's gonna wow. be close to the county line and it's gonna be a brand new entertainment district for uh, uh, for our community.
1: Wow. That's really exciting. Yeah, I can't wait. Oh, uh, well, we're going to follow that. And I'm going to have to make a trip to New Jersey, when I think, until they open the, new, the Miami one.
0: So for any football fans, uh, this is right across from the Meadowlands. So it's uh, where the Jets and Giants yeah. play. It's directly across, and there's a pedestrian bridge that goes from the parking lot of the stadium to the mall. Wow, that's pretty cool. Actually, they don't like when you call it a mall. Oh,
1: what do they call it?
0: It's, uh, I think it's called an entertainment center. Okay. Because 55% right. of it is entertainment.
1: Well, because it's all perception, right? Exactly. So if you use the word mall, people have a certain perception in their mind of what a mall is. Right. right? And malls, right now, I think they're, the perception of malls is, is changing, not for the better.
0: That's right. And in New Jersey, um, retail is closed on Sundays. Um, so
1: Yes, I, I did know that. Right.
0: So, I um, that. so half the mall will be closed on Sundays, and the other half will be you know, pretty active, including It's Sugar, which will be open seven days a week.
1: So we just talked about, for a second, uh, perception, right? right? Um, And how the perception of malls is changing, but how does perception, and I guess I would probably go with that branding, how does that all, and marketing, how does that all play into either your own personal brand or the company's brand? Is that some, you know, how, how do you incorporate all of that? I know you have the most amazing marketing person on, on your team. Yes, um, yes, we do. Lois, um, so I get to work with her. Um, but but it truly, you can be the best brand in the world, but if nobody knows about it and it doesn't have a great reputation, will it matter? So how does that play in?
0: So um, I would say that our brands mirror, um, in many ways, the personalities of Alan Levan and myself. My father Ooh. and myself um, and they ha- and I think they have to if you 're leading companies, I think that um, they have to be um, you know, almost shadow each other, the brand of the company and the brand of the individual that 's authentic leadership mm. and authentic leadership is something that i 'm quite proud of, something that we 've been able to achieve for forty years and um, I think that that is why we have so many loyal people that have worked for us for a long time. Um, and you know, we don't always make the right decisions. Uh, we don't always make the popular decisions. And you know, and um, but we're, we're honest about it. And we are, um, we're proud to talk about our accomplishments, but we don't hide from our mistakes.
1: Yeah, right? that's really important, is it? That's part of authentic leadership is being able to say, ourselves not just our team telling us well yeah that wasn't one of I, my best ideas i, right? screw, I screwed yeah. up exactly
0: that exactly. was my decision i screwed up
1: exactly you mentioned loyalty um, and and to me that brings up uh, something that i think executives sometimes can struggle with the most which is how do you define and build a culture of loyalty and trust And so tell me how you, a little bit about how you did that. Because you have people who have been with you and your dad a long, long time.
0: So first of all, culture is not a word on a piece of paper. You cannot write, our culture is, and define it. Um, Culture is organic. And it starts at the top and it starts at the bottom. And it meets in the middle.
1: Oh, I like that. Like an Oreo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) With the cream
0: in the middle. Um, And... You know, I think a big part of it is authenticity, as we talked about. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it is the commitment to the community. It's not just about yeah. making money. It's not just about winning awards. Um, obviously, we're a public company, so we you know, do have to um, answer to our shareholders. But we've always been committed to the community. Yeah. And um, the community is not just um, Las Olas or Broward County. Um, you know, Bank Atlantic we had 100 locations. We operated um, in lots of different communities. In my mind, the community is three to five miles around where you do business. And we do business in 41 states and Canada. So that's a lot of small communities that we operate in or big communities. And our our employees um, have the ability to roll up their sleeves on our dime and work in those communities and that's important to us.
1: So you put your money where your mouth is. You support them on days, right, working days where they go out into the community. I mean, we have the Bank Atlantic bug here. Um, I can remember that's how I first, when I first met you and the team at Bank Atlanta, Marcia and Lois and everybody and, and your dad, was out in the community. Right? Things that you did with Habitat and, and so many different organizations that I, the list goes on and on. Um, so it started early on. And you've done that with all of your companies. Blue Green, you know, um, we we're just looking at this. I thought this was so clever. I love it. Um, this is an invitation to an opening of one of their Blue Green um, facilities or resor- vacation resort uh, resorts. In, in New Orleans. Um, it's, it's perfect. And that goes back to the brand. By the way,
0: right? this weekend, this grand opening weekend, which was, uh, I think, back in July, one day was a party and another day was um, was the executives rolling up their sleeves with the community and doing uh, work. I forgot what the project was, right. but it was just, it was part of the, you know, we're gonna celebrate. We're, we're also gonna give back. We're also gonna give back. Right.
1: And, and that's something that you have run through all of your companies.
0: Um, it's always been, you know, a key ingredient. It's something that I do personally and my wife does and our kids do. And it's something that uh, that we encourage our, Almost 6,000 employees wow. at BBX Capital to, to do as well. And it, again, they can do it on our time, but we also encourage them to do it on their time.
1: Well, you have grown huh? 6,000 employees. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so you touched on uh, your kids and how the community is a part of uh, your lives, your family's life, as well as the company's lives. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. I mean, so, you know, sometimes it's hard for kids coming up behind. Amazing leaders like you and your dad, and the family, people in the family who came before them. Um, And so, what do you do to help them to figure out who they are, what their passion is? Um, Kind of, you know, what we're doing here at JA with 58,000 students this year, by the way, that's grown by 8,000 this year. Just want to mention that. Um, We're very, very proud of that. Thank you. you. Um, But so, right, part of our mission is to. Inspire and ignite that passion, and help them find uh, what they love and what they want to do, and then give them the skills to do that. As a parent, right? It sounds like you're doing some of that. How are you doing that with your kids? And you know, how they, how do they respond to that?
0: So, first of all, I should I would be remiss if I didn't mention that both of my kids came through JA in fifth grade, and they love the program. Um, so. Um, I have a partner at work, and that's my father. And I have a partner at home, and that's my wife. And uh, Dara gets a lot of credit for ha- what our kids have become, uh, the special people that they are, the incredible teenagers they are. Um, but they see us as parents. And Dara is just as uh, philanthropic as I am. It's important to her. Um, you know, That's probably why I was attracted to her, because she cares so much about other people. Um, She's very passionate. You talk about my passion. Oh, she's um, passionate. Dara has a lot more passion than <laughs> I do. And, and she's an incredible mother, and she's the CEO of our home. And I give her a lot of credit for what our kids are and have become. But our kids have their own personalities, and we would never expect them to be us. And, and um, they have their own interests and their own passion. And you know, I'm not sure either, either one of them is interested in business hmm. or in our business, but that's OK.
1: Right. Uh-huh. you would think sugar candy you would think right you would think that they would be right you would but think. not necessarily you would think. which is amazing that you are not putting that pressure on them right and you want them to find their own way and their own passions right to apply um, from a skills perspective right how do you give them the experiences is it through the community work that you do that the family's involved in and you're right Dara has been an amazing I mean I'm I'm fortunate to know her as well and she's extremely passionate yes, she is. And and coming out now in her writing, which, which I love, so she has a way of expressing that. But how do you teach them those skills that they're gonna need uh, when they find that passion?
0: I, I don't know that I can explain it. Um, it's just you know, the way we talk to them, what we expect from them, how we encourage them. Um, you know, I think they have to have 150 hours of volunteerism to graduate, but 350 hours to get uh, a special cord, there's no question that they're gonna have 350 hours. It's not a question in our house. It's not just about you, it's about how you react and approach others and how you help others. It's how I was brought up, and it's how Darren and I are raising our kids.
1: Yeah, and it's so much, I think it's so much a part of people's success. Um, and, and it's hard to do that today as a parent. It's hard to do that with these students with that social, you know, going back to that whole social media and all the distractions. It's really hard. So we have to make sure, I think, as parents and as educators and, and as, as organization leaders, that we're giving them the opportunity to experience things, right? and. And, and put that phone down and, and live it in the real world versus just a classroom. Not that the classroom is bad, but, um, but we have to get them out there to experience
0: it. So in a prior life before Dara was a writer, or before she was a published writer, she's always been a writer, she was a speech, speech pathologist, speech therapist. And she would always say to our kids and to others, I don't want to see the top of your head. I don't want to see you looking down. I want to see your eyeballs. Right and I think that's important. I mean, those are skills, whether it's looking someone in the eye, shaking their hand, speaking in public. Um, I think those are life skills, and you're not gonna get that from a phone or a game box.
1: Yeah, and I think they're, hopefully they're not becoming lost skills. We're fighting hard to keep them uh, front and center, and that's so much of what we do. You had the chance to meet with some of our entrepreneurship students, starting companies. Really exciting, by the way. We are working on one of those companies uh, actually going into a real company, uh, J.A. would be a managing partner with the team that, that came up with the idea. So I'll share more can with you I, about can that. Can I invest
0: in that company? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. I'd like Absolutely. To. Uh, we actually, I actually have two other people who want to invest in it as well. Um, and a big, big corporation who said, if you take this company forward, we will put that product in every single one of our hotels and restaurants around the nation.
0: Well, we have hotels and restaurants. I know you do. So I'm just, I'm see just how, see throwing how much that I, out there. See how there. much I trust you? I don't even know <laughs> the idea. <laughs> and I want to invest in it. <laughs>
1: You know what? I, I so appreciate and I'm and, um, so grateful for that trust that you do have in me um, because you have been a great supporter personally and, and here at JA. Um, there is not enough time to talk about all the things I want we, to talk with you about. Are we out of time about. already? We are about out of time. Uh, amazing recipe. Oh, speaking of time. This
0: here says open till midnight.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are, but I'm not sure they would listen much longer. Um, But uh, it's just been amazing. And and again, you're going to have to come back because there's so much more to talk about. Happy to. Um, But I do want to read at least a little bit about um, what what I took away from our conversation and some of the ingredients that you mentioned. And so I'll read these off for everyone. And I think it's kind of cool when you see it all together. I'd, right?
0: like a, I'd actually like a copy of that.
1: You absolutely will get one. So I love this one. I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to go out and buy butterscotch uh, candy. So for those of you who want to savor the moment, go out and buy those butterscotch candies uh, and be in the moment. And I love that. Uh, do something challenging. Step out of your box. Right? I, I love that. Uh, celebrate successes so important. Persistence, that relentlessness, right, that, that tenacity. Passion. Creativity. Servant leadership, uh, which goes along with that commitment to community that you talked about. Innovation. Surrounding yourself, I love this, with people who say no uh, and not being afraid to do that. Authentic leadership and then how your personal brand, right, and you bring that to the company brand. Uh, Obviously, what about
0: commitment to community? I,
1: well, I kind of put that okay. in with certain leadership. Forget,
0: I don't want to forget commitment
1: that. Commitment to community, yes. Um, there is no doubt that this is a recipe for success. You have proven it over and over and over. And so congratulations, my friend. Thank you. Uh, and. Um, Thank you for all that you do, not only for the company, for your employees, for this community. Uh, It has truly been a pleasure to have you here today. And you are cooking up some good stuff, baby. Are we
0: going to toast? Oh, we're
1: going to toast. We're going to have a special toast with some pretzels. Here is to you uh, the success of American Dream, the successes that you have had to family, to friends, uh, and to you and I. And I'm so glad we met.
0: And here's to you. And your success, and the continued success of junior achievement, and, uh, and to all the fifty-eight thousand yes. students that you serve every year.
1: Thank you, and don't forget to join us on our next episode. Take care, everyone. Ah, mm. mmm. Mm.